Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Mark Fenelon, Chief Executive Officer of the rapidly expanding Clink Hostels. Coming up on today's show... Mark sums up why you should work in hospitality. The people you meet are, are brilliant. The, the crack you have is great. Phil reveals the new hub of the world. Mm. Everyone I know seems to be building something in Lisbon. What's going on in Lisbon? And Mark tells us that there may be some reputation work to be done in the US. The US is a kind of huge market. Hustles is a, a dirty word over there. All that and so much more as Mark talks us through his story and journey to date. I was thrilled to get some time with Mark as he is leading a business that not only is in rapid growth, but is also ensuring that they are having a positive impact on the world. And we talk extensively about that throughout, amongst so many other things. Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week telling the amazing and always amusing stories from hospitality. So please remember to like, subscribe and review on whatever platform you're listening. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today's guest hails from a section of the hospitality industry that we've not yet covered, and that is the world of hostels. So I'm delighted to have someone with us who I think it's fair to say doesn't have your typical route to hospitality, but certainly now finds himself at the helm of a company making all the right noises in that space. With properties in London and Amsterdam already with us and ones in Dublin and Lisbon on their way, it gives me great pleasure to welcome the CEO of Clink Hostels, Mark Fennellan. Many thanks, Phil, for a kind introduction. No, d- delighted to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, You're v- very, uh, very delighted welcome. Delighted to be able to talk through. Yeah, uh, did I get? Am I accurate in terms of where you're yeah. at at the moment? You've got your your two properties here. Uh, you've got uh, sorry, London and Amsterdam, and then uh, Dublin and Lisbon on the way. Yeah, yeah. So, so we yeah we we two hostels in London. Uh, we've three in Amsterdam. And yeah, the, the Dublin, we're out started building. So we'll be the, I, I believe, I've been told anyway, the biggest hostel, most modern hostel in Dublin and probably the most central. So we're really right. excited about that. And then Lisbon, it's going through planning at, at, at this stage. And we're, we're kind of keen to look at more opportunities out there. Uh, you know, we, we're, we obviously love the sector. We love the guests in the sector. And we're, we're, we're I guess we're looking to spread the love of Clink a bit further yeah. into Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, um, I have, limited experience of hostels two very very different experiences of hostels when um <laughs> from uh, my childhood i say childhood one was at the age of 15 15 16 ish and the other one i was 21 22 yep. uh yep. the first of which was in carlisle in the uk and uh, it was definitely a forgettable experience <laughs> um and uh, the other experience was in australia and uh, that was a completely different experience from from the one in the UK. They seem to really, really know what they're doing when it comes to looking after the needs of a traveller. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's, it's, I suppose uh, it's actually you won't be alone in, in that diverging views. I think uh, God, nearly everyone I speak to will say, yeah, I have a good story and lots of good story. And I, I think maybe that explains a little bit of where hostels have come from. Obviously, they've been around for 100 odd years and kind of through, I think, scouting origins. But they've kind of gone on a very fast road, I'd say, in the last seven, 10 years, hmm. whereby, you know, there's so many hostels and they're brilliant. You know, there's big, small, there's kind of family owned, there's people who backpacked and said, hey, I, I want to set up a hostel. And but I, I think in the last seven, 10 years, it's probably it's grown. And I think it's been recognized by a lot of hospitality. This is the new budget segment. So it's near like the budget sector is spitting down into what I call the ultra budget sector. But w- with that, you, you have like um, the, the brands of kind of lifestyle brands emerging like Generator and Selena, who've, who've done a brilliant job in what they do. They're kind of bringing a huge amount of design to what they do. They have their own focus and their own unique position for their guests. Yeah. So, and I, I think probably the, the other big change, Phil, has been obviously low cost airlines. Obviously, on a, on a pre COVID basis, the you know the uh, kind of growth five seven percent every year for probably the last 15, 20 years has meant has brought a huge amount of uh, people you know into affordable travel. And again, the accommodation piece is typically the one that that, that hardest hits. So hostels have nearly been seen not just from a backpacker point of view, but they've probably expanded into people who want um, you know a great place to stay, a bit of buzz in it, but at the right price. 
you know, so it's yeah. that combination. And I think that's pushed standards as well. So I standards have changed, yeah, a huge amount in seven, 10 years. Yeah. But the the supply of kind of well-priced accommodation hasn't, you know, across right. the board. And hostels are helping fill that gap. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And as I yeah. said at the, at the the little spiel that I gave at, at the mm-hmm. beginning, you you kind of didn't, you haven't always been in hospitality. Um, no. <laughs> you've got quite a diverse background. So um, yeah. let, take us all the way back to, to the beginning of, of, of your career. How did you how did you end up here? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you go back to the beginning of the career, so I, I tried to keep quiet and a boring old accountant, um, or, or I was many, many years ago. I've, I've shaken off that, hopefully now. But the, yeah, like it's, it's yeah, I've taken an unusual route to, to the hostel space and I guess probably you know what I've worked in kind of farmer sector I've worked in software sector around my own business and I think probably one of the things that kept coming back to me Phil was uh I used to in all my job is doing a huge amount of travel at one point I was kind of probably three out of five years in Asia around China and Japan and fascinating places but people said well how the hell are you still doing that as a young family at home mm. and it wasn't just getting away to get a good night's sleep in Asia but it, it, it was basically I love travel just love it and yeah. I, I think that brought me to the kind of hostile space and um, I, I was lucky enough to meet the, the founders the Dolan family and they were to look uh, looking to do something special with with their clink brand which is a father's kind of kind of hostile setup it's kind of unique and it's focus on the kind of guest experience but the um and it just kind of connected with me i love hospitality i've experienced it from the other side and uh i also loved the opportunity i saw with hostels because i could see the kind of uh the future of hostels and the fact that you know, someone needs to own the ultra budget space and the hostel models really well placed. Mm. And then probably the people, you know, it's it's probably the best sector. You know, the people you meet are, are brilliant. The, the crack you have is great. And it, it's just, uh, I, I think that combination of a passion for travel, but also the people you meet are, are brilliant. So that kind of yeah. brought me in unusually enough. <laughs> and I'm still here. Right. Yeah. Actually, going back to that, uh, my experience of uh, the Australian hostel, mm. the, your, the point you make there about them being wonderful places to be, uh, with you know, full of life, was absolutely on point. I mean, they uh, mm. they had one kind of major central open plan living space mm. Mm. where you know, you dip in and out of there at any time of the day, and there's you know ten people in there just chewing the fat. Maybe they're having a beer. You know, then you you end up ordering pizza or maybe you just decide yeah. that oh shall we just shall we go and learn how to make a pizza together yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and, yeah. and as a from a traveling perspective when you're out there on your own seeing the world they're um they're wonderful places to be just in terms of trying to connect with people and get and giving yourself some fresh ideas as to what you do with the next day of your life well and i i i think you're so right Phil, because like i suppose everything is kind of controlled for us you know leave school, go to college, even travel is controlled. You can do everything yeah. on booking.com, hostel world. You know, I, I remember backpacking around South America and, you know, with the, it's hard to get a phone and definitely internet kiosks didn't really exist anywhere. And you have to turn up a place that's knocking the door, uh, you know, do you have any room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but now you can, okay, you know, and that was exciting because you, you just, you know, the, 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 the kind of casualness and the, the kind of just stuff happens. And I, I think for us, like 50% of our guests are solo travelers, a bit like what you're saying, they, they either have time off or they just want to get out and kind of live life a little bit. And I suppose their choice is do they go to a hotel? Hotels are brilliant, but you know, they're not known for kind of high energy or being able to sit down and just casually talk to someone and kind of, um, you know, we, we're about bringing people and places together. I suppose that's kind of our mission. Yeah. You, you know, they can stay, stay in Airbnb, which loads of great selection, but if you're a solo traveler, it's kind of cost prohibitive and you're on your own again. So I, I think it's, it's, it's nearly a bit like what I've seen in Japan when I was staying out there for many years. It's, it's kind of, People get isolated, and I think post-COVID, I think relationships will mean even more. They'll be valued much more. And I think hostels are all about just being open. It's open plan. It's all about events. It's it's you know trying to get people to meet each other. I, I know Selena have a have a, a measure they do of how many friends people have met. So you know really? you, you can right. you can slag it off or not, but it, it's it's just but 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 that I suppose ultimately about 
bringing, as I say, people and places together. That's what we're all about. Yeah. And it's those experiences and being part of creating a memory for people. Obviously, we can't control that, but it's just, and people have a crack to go a bit wild. They, they see places they would never see uh, before. They meet people they never would have met before. And I think that that's the beauty of travel, which I think with all the technology out there has nearly been lost a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I remember we we spoke uh, a few weeks back about about the fact mm. that actually you, you know you, you guys really really do listen to kind of who your target market is because they're actually also you know the predominant ones that travel you know which which is the the people who've got time generally the younger generations that that have that before they've kind of settled down and got on with their you know getting a job and a family and a house and all of that sort of stuff but they're also generally the ones that have less disposable income so yeah. you you literally are and and i think i think you might have even said that the the percentage wise of travelers in that space is far greater than any other segment yeah yeah uh, yeah 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 no no it's 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 it's, it's a good point Phil, because you have like kind of 18 to 30s is about of traveling population about 30 35 percent but if you look at kind of accommodation that is being on a price, on a service, on a kind of events set, set up for people like that, you know, again, various research would suggest it's only about 7%, 5 to 7%. Right. And you, you, to give a practical example, if you jump in a plane to Dublin where we're, where we're kind of born and bred, you know, you'll get a cheap, air, you know, uh, Ryanair flight there. Might cost you 20, 25 quid each way if you pick your times right. Well, pre-COVID, the, the situation you walked into was you've 80 odd percent of all beds. So this includes student accommodation of all beds are three star hotel and upwards. And unfortunately, with that comes a massive price tag. Mm. So you'd be 127.50, which is the pre-COVID price. Obviously, you get better rates now. But, yeah. And if you're a solo traveler, you kind of go, oh, screw that. I'm, I'm not going to Dublin. I'd love to go to Dublin, but I'm not going to go unless I have a mate I can sleep in the couch. So yeah. where we offer something for 25, 28 quid a night, where, yeah, you are sharing a room, but you're sharing a room, you can meet people. Uh, and it's a cool hostel, has everything you want. And that, that, that I think that's, it's, it's not game change, that's too big a phrase, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's reasonably unique in the hospitality market, which surprises me being an outsider, you know, yeah. where it, there's just a lack of, yeah, there's a mismatch on what a lot of people want, 30, 35% of the population, and what hospitality from a price point are giving them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it certainly at, at that act, again, I can only really call on my own experience here, but the um but at the age that I was traveling, I you know, I was not about I was I was about spending as little money as possible on the accommodation <laughs> element, you know, so I could go and spend the rest of the money on on experiencing life um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and the like so we, we, it, it which makes... is a polite way of putting it yeah <laughs> indeed yeah you kind of learn the phrases over the years don't you to, <laughs> yeah. to, to use in the appropriate moments but um <laughs> but but yeah no it, it's clear to me that you 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 know it, it's really the the time is absolutely ripe for what you guys are trying to do yeah 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 i i, I you know and again from the outsider you know could be naive as well, but I suppose I've seen a few different sectors. And I just, I, I was chatting to a guy who said in the 80s in the UK, everyone poo pooed budget hotels. They said, look, they'll never happen. There's three star, there's not enough market demand for them. And budget hotels now, I think, are about 25, 20, 25% of all hotel stock. Right. And obviously, back in the 80s, you didn't have cheap flights. So you didn't have people, be it, uh, who wanted to spend their money on, on, on experiencing life versus on a bed. And now you've 30, 35% of the traveling community are people who are just more budget conscious for various reasons. So what hospitality would appear not to have caught up, you'd have the likes of Accor with Joe and Joe have introduced a hostel brand, really good brand. I think they've set up several locations and they're continuing to grow. They see the opportunity there. I think a lot of um, investment money would see the opportunity in the hostel space because I suppose investors sometimes look at it in very sterile terms and they'll say, well, look, you get a lot of money per square foot or square meter because you have bunk beds in instead of a bed in a room. Mm. Um, so the, the kind of money side is good, but it's, it comes back to the experiences. And, and as you said, Phil, understanding our guests, because I suppose something we've looked at and are beginning to implement is 
B Corps. So it's again, if someone said, well, 18 to 30s, how were they done during COVID? And everyone struggled and everyone's had you know, challenges. But you'd say 18 to 30s are probably one category that have been really uh, affected as, along with kind of the elderly because, you know, shit, I, can't, uh, I can't, can't get the college experience. It's a virtual experience. Uh, I yeah. live at home. I can't get a job or I can't get on the right career ladder I want to get on. And, you know, we kind of, I can't travel, I, you know, and it's, it's I can't live. really, you can't live. Yeah. yeah. And so, so people are kind of, you know, if you're a bit older, maybe you're further up the career ladder, it definitely hasn't been easy for anyone, but it's just their life's on pause for two years. So, so, so we kind of, and it was actually on the back of Black Lives Matter, Phil, that, you know, that got us thinking because typically we wouldn't have commented on, call it, you know, racism or politics and Black Lives Matter, yeah. really woke us up, gave us the right kick up where, where, where it counts. And uh, it made us think, well, like, actually companies do need to stand for something. And look, uh, you know, we're, we're not being angelical saying, you know, we, we, we've done it, you know, every company needs to do a 360 on this, but they just have to count for their time here. They can't, it's not just about profit. It's not just about a website which has all the right words in it about, you know, ECG, etc. Mm. It's actually doing something that you do count for. So we had a long hearted think and we came up with this idea of shut up and listen. And it was basically, you know, everyone shut up because no one's listened to 30, you know, 18 to 30 year olds. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of the politicians are much older. It's they're, they're isolated governments, you know, it's it's just unfortunately they've kind of there's a risk there's a generational gap coming up here and so so we said what could we do so we decided to launch a campaign which said well if people want to volunteer if they can travel of course which is a challenge but in, in their own home cities where we are if they volunteer we'll give them a free bed simple as that so we said we pledge a thousand beds so as long as it's a good volunteering event uh, we'll happily do that mm. so that that kind of started us moving and thinking and like we we've had extinction rebellion uh we've had ten thousand hours we've had a kind of volunteer group from sticking who supported brazilian undocumented brazilian children and and these volunteers need to stay in amsterdam so we, we kind of gave them accommodation so that, and that's kind of moved into b corp b corporation which was again I, I guess formalizing a little bit of what we've been doing so as in companies need to count for something and yeah. it was looking around your environmental what are you giving back to community and it's not the big stuff it's not you have to be doing every something every day every minute every day but it's just it's kind of those small steps if every company does it then you actually see some decent change yeah so we, we, we're aiming to be the first hostel to get b, uh, b core accreditation over Fabulous. the next 12 18 months so so it, it's kind of I, I think it's it's not saying look profit is bad it's not saying that but it's just saying a little bit more balance and if every company takes that conscious step then things will get better because if every yeah. everyone's taking a few steps so yeah yeah i do you know I, I think this has been on the agenda now for well it's been increasingly on the agenda over yeah. the last uh, couple of years accentuated i think by covid because everybody's had yes. this moment in their life to stop uh, and just think about and whether that's a from a, a business's perspective or an individual's perspective and you know uh, uh, for me and this has always been the case a business should exist to to make a difference in some way yeah. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. just to make pounds and pence and and euros and and so on and so forth obviously that's important uh, because otherwise there, there is no business but yeah. um but if that's the, the the main driver for doing it my question has always been then then the driver's not big enough because yeah. you need a higher purpose. You need something bigger to, to be looking to achieve a bigger problem to solve. Maybe that's even just a, a case of, especially I guess for, for properties like, like yours, you're integrating into communities, um, yeah. you know, and you're bringing people into communities. So it, it makes sense to, to have a, a kind of eye on your local community and, you know, how, it, what a difference you can make there. Yeah, well, but yeah, I just say, you know, to give back and like we've, we've, you know, a lot of people are interested in volunteering as well. And we, we, we ran a survey, Phil, in September last year. So this is when we launched, just before we launched a Shut Up and Listen campaign uh, with the thousand free beds. And, you know, it was no huge surprises 
from, from the replies, uh, the comments, the free text comments, huge insights. But basically, I, I think companies either move themselves or they'll be forced to move because yep. I think there's a whole brand risk around, particularly young, you know, brands that tap into the sub 40s market because, you know, our, our, you know 86% of, of the people replied said, look, companies should do a lot more. And 72% said they'd only support brands that are socially kind of politically, environmentally engaged. They would walk away. They'd make a decision based first on what that company is doing versus their product or service or price. Yeah, And I, I think, as you said, Phil, that kind of hardening in a very good way of people's views during COVID, I think that's a way that's going to lash out once kind of hopefully, fingers crossed, COVID begins to continue to die down a little bit more. Yeah, And, I, you know, companies will either be prepared, they won't. If they're not prepared, some of them may find it a little bit late. So there's, there's, yeah. you'd like to think the old Carson Stick approach of doing the right thing, but equally... I deeply feel if companies don't do the right thing, I think time may pass them by. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's been polarized in the in the sense. I don't know what, what your particular part of the the sector and how that's doing in terms of staffing uh, and the like, but certainly it's widely reported that within hospitality that mm. you know that there's a bit of a crisis going on at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, then you've got to ask yourself the questions. Okay, so what what can we do to make sure that we can hold on to our people and i think if you're if you're presenting a purpose that is making a difference to something and actually backing that up not just paying lip service to it mm. then um, then i think people get on board with that for not just from a perspective of you know people will want to come and stay with you but people want to come and work for you uh, as yep. well because they'll feel like they're they're doing something for for the the greater good uh, and the like and as long as they're, they're then being looked after as humans in that yep. process as well, then you think, well, if everybody could do that, then, you know, that, that gives us a, a wonderful foundation to, to work from. Uh, but if you're not doing it at the moment, then you're quickly going to find yourself right at the back of the queue. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I completely agree with that point. And yeah, it's, it's so hard to get staff at the moment, but I, I think what in say uh, people we've recruited recently, I, I think one of the comments I've heard over and over again is we like what you're doing. And then it's into the job, right? So it's, it's right. kind of, we, we like what you stand for. And then, okay, let's talk about the role and is there a fit? And I, I, I think it's, um, yeah, it, it gives back, I guess. If you're doing the right thing, it gives back. And I, I suppose the sometimes people feel, oh my God, you know, the pressure and we're being asked and be it, there's different pressures above the shareholders or whatever, but it's the small steps. It doesn't have to be transformational. It's just if every company actually decides to stand up and do something meaningful, yep. all those little pieces actually uh, begin to drive some real meaningful change. Yeah. Well, it's that, that old kind of philosophy of uh, make a 1% change consistently and, you know, and then in 100 days' time, look back at what you've actually yeah. been able to achieve. <laughs> that yeah. um, 1% gain can be uh, uh, you know, compounded massively. I think that came yeah. from... Uh, Dave Brailsford, wasn't it? The, uh, yeah, it, it, it was. I, mean, I wasn't sure whether it's still mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Example, I, well, that's but... right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we, don't, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but the principle of what yeah, you yeah. were saying made sense. The, 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 yeah. No, no, exactly. Well, the marginal gains, isn't it? That's what yeah. you're saying. Like you, you tweak and improve, and and then, then you don't notice the improvement. Yeah. Then you look back and you realize, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But there's got to be a willingness to get started, at least. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. not just retreat into the, the old, uh, well, you know, that worked last year, so let's just keep doing it that way. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, when you mentioned that phrase, kind of uh, retreating back into the, the normal or work, it's kind of, you know, after being through COVID, one of the things I think about is, look, we all have to look in hospitality for silver linings. They're bloody hard to see. <laughs> yeah. But, it, it, but it's kind of, can something good come out of this? I mean, it can, and I think, obviously, we, we, we all, I, I feel, care more deeply about each other because we're not bloody busy or we know what's important now what isn't important and you love to think there's a spark there for the companies to actually maybe start those marginal gains mm. and to not forget and not to go back into autopilot yeah 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 which is very easy to do because that is the easy but, option isn't it because you know everybody's chomping at the bit to get back to normality and in inverted yeah. commas and and just get trading again 
and get some buzz back in the business uh, and all of these things, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, and I'm touching wood here, you know, that's happening now. You know, yeah. the, the, the numbers are, and this is business numbers are on the up, yeah. not COVID numbers, yeah. although, you know, yeah. maybe they are too. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, every, everything feels like it's moving in the right direction. So it's that's great. So that's the baseline now where people should go if they haven't already. Okay, so we're back to being busy. Right. How are we How are we really going to make a difference? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's, uh, some said, don't waste a crisis or what's the phrase. But that's right, yeah. Th- th- this is a much bigger level. But I, I'd love to think... Just companies maybe self-reflect a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, in fairness, I'm beginning to see some more things happening across all industries. I think people are just more conscious, and I, I think certainly for younger people, older people in particular, it's what else can how, can we give people a boost up? How can we help them? And yeah. for for younger people, you know, if they want to volunteer around Europe, you know, to ten or twelve hostels come together and say, "Look, you have a free bed to stay in whatever city you're volunteering in." It was simple things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And that's you know, to, from a cost perspective, doesn't cost that much, does it? Um, yeah. In the great scheme of things, uh, but can make a big difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to kind of understand because you're obviously you're you you have a, a diverse background. You have worked across. As, if I've got this correctly. Through legal, audit and finance, investment, service providers, pharma, and then now, of course, hospitality as well. Do you think all roads led here or is this just something that you just that kind of crossed your path and you went, you know what, I need to do this? I, I, I think it's, uh, to be honest, Phil, it's the latter. I, I, I know a lot of older employers will say young people move around quite a bit between jobs. And I, I guess I was one of those early millennials kind <laughs> of uh, getting the itch every four or five years. The, but no, it was the latter where I think this just kind of opened up and there was an opportunity potentially. And it, it just seemed all, to, you, you know, kind of one of those times in your life, everything just seems to stack up and you say, yeah, yeah. why not? Because I, I guess as a career in, you know, people raise eyebrows at me, you know, geez, Mark, that's, that's a change. Uh, don't know hostels and a bit like how you opened up, everyone has two experiences. Sometimes it's, it's the, the worst experience. And there, there's a bit of education with people, which is a shame because the hostel sector is a brilliant sector to be in. Mm. But yeah, no, it just kind of felt right. And, you know, I think life's for a living as well and you know you you can't be looking at the ladder the whole time and going up but if the passion isn't there the fire isn't there yeah and i i think that i think that all far form part of the decision and i I suppose being honest as well it's a very exciting sector you know people are brilliant you get to meet your guests it's it's fresh it's 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 kind of you know there's 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 kind of great energy and I, i think also it's it's a sector that's going places i i firmly believe yeah. And I think it's, it's really just at the start, because I think like if you look at the hotel sector, for example, you know, so some of the big brands, the Hilton, et cetera, be it whatever ownership format they have, they have 5,000 hotels. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest in the hostel sector is, you know, sub 40 locations, <laughs> right. you know, so, okay. so that's the biggest and um, things in the top 10, but we've kind of five hostels. Now, there are, some of them are very big ones. We're in top 10 in Europe, you know, so right. it, it's so I, I think there's and yeah, I, I think there's there's a really exciting road here in, in the hostel segment. And I think particularly if hostels can hold on to what made them kind of special and, and not to become corporate, I don't mean that in a negative way, but from a hostel point of view, I think they'd lose a huge amount of what originally brought people in mm. just relaxed uh, staff, lovely, everyone's chatting and I should say that serendipity of life you sit down you get chatting to someone because it's all relaxed and suddenly you know you're you're kind of off traveling with them for two weeks which which is kind of what i did when i was interrailing when the planes were too expensive i hopped on a train didn't know where we're going half the time and you you met people on the way and so i i think that that, that's a wonderful experience for people to have yeah uh, which it is i think doesn't happen as often yeah and you're you know you're you're facilitators of that that life learning then aren't you because that the, yeah. the skills that you gain by going away and doing something like that yeah i don't think you can ever put a price on it you certainly can't go learn it in a classroom yeah. you know and yeah. and so you're being the the facilitators of of growth 
basically there you go you can put that on your marketing plan <laughs> yeah yeah well we we, we we kind of like to say we 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 set the scene for travel stories yeah uh, by bringing people and places together and so we kind of do we're, we're the backdrop you're you're, you're up and we, we're the stage and whatever happens on there happens but we're, we're trying to make sure people get to that stage and hopefully get to meet people but yeah yeah and I, I, I think that's what makes so many hostels so different, say, to hotels. Hotels are great, but it's just a, a different offering. It's a different focus. Yep. And I, I think it's that rawness of what hostels can do, and you don't know what's really ahead of you. <laughs> is right. You kind of have the beauty. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What keeps it, uh, keeps it rich and interesting yeah. um, from a learning perspective, I, I'm sure. Um, yeah, we uh, we spoke about as well before around the fact that you know we, we talked about guest experience because mm. you know, you're you're still giving your guests an experience. Yeah. You know, uh, you're giving them a very different experience that you actually probably can't go out and get in in a hotel. Yeah. So it's um, you know you absolutely fundamentally have your place, and the fact that that you guys are in the top ten in Europe and you're actually on the great scheme of things quite quite a small company. From the outside yep. looking in, it's quite remarkable. I uh, I know where my investment's going in the um, <laughs> in the future. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's, it's something where we're obviously we're precious about how, how we try to look after our guests, but always remain focused. And we have, hmm. you know, to use a bit of corporate jargon for a second, we kind of have these growth pillars, and guest is one of those, and our people's another. So all the big stuff, and we always we plan our business around those pillars. So there's four or five things you say, look. You know, forget everything else. You don't get these four or five things right, and that drives a lot of our focus. And like we, we'd also have people are surprised that we use MPS, for example. They think it only belongs to big corporates. But no, no, the MPS is a much better rating indicator than a, a rating on Booking.com or an OTA platform because it tells you exactly where it's at. Right. And we we feed we feed that feedback. We 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 do guest experience sessions with the teams, and we 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 kind of hire for sense but cheesy, but you hire for attitude. You you want the personality, and then you can train people up. Obviously, you need a mix of both. Yes. I I I think all that's kind of paid and resulted in. Um, Hustle World did a survey. Uh, I think it was the end of last year, Phil. And it was basically went out to, I think, 30 odd thousand kind of registered members. And they said, which simple question, which hostel would you most love to stay in when COVID finishes? And our Kink Nord or Amsterdam hostel got rated number one. Right. That, that, that was globally. And that was by guests versus wow. any any panel and such that goes with that. So, and we, we've got rated top, we had the uh, top three best hostels for solo travelers and couples in Amsterdam we won first second third so right we're we're, we're uh, a smallish company as you say but big engine yeah <laughs> and, yeah uh, you know we uh, the family have done a great job building the business and I guess the more management including myself have come in the last three four years just to bring it to next level and kind of scale it and yeah. it's it, 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 it's wonderful when look an awards award and everybody won't up on it but it's more it's wonderful when you hear these great comments back from guests and the amazement of wow i didn't know a police said this existed and yeah. the price and had everything so so yeah the guests are i think because you know of a global brand uh, you have to fight more yeah uh, yeah so and it's important as i say it's if guests aren't happy, we're not happy. That, that that's a major issue. It's something we wouldn't put up with. And as I say, we try to design our buildings around the guests as much as possible, what they want, mm. and keep on innovating. Yeah, well, at the, I think if if you're not considering your guest in the overall thing, then ultimately that's that's just not going to work, is it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. what would be the point? Yes. Yeah. 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 No, very, very, very interesting. Are the are the founders still involved? Yeah, no, the, the founders um, are still, still involved. They, they kind of support aspects of the business that kind of be strategic. You know, they, they've obviously a, a wealth of experience. They've, they've been, uh, you know, kind of first hostel was around 1997, I think it was. So it's kind of huge amount of experience. So they're still involved, but the, the management run the day to day and the family would would uh, support support also. It's, it's a combination that works well. Yeah, I I read the uh, the kind of story of how it came about on on your yeah. website, and it's it's really quite lovely. Yeah, and you know, and I suppose that's that's where a lot of the passion comes from. Why the guest matters, why our brand matters, why we want to do well, 
but at the end of the day, we, we, you know, you, you could t- you could take a view with a look. There's not a lot of hostels, and if you build something, they will come type of thing, and it doesn't mm. really matter how you treat the guests. And to a certain degree, because there's a lack of hostel numbers, that probably is valid short term anyway. Yeah. But it's it's very much no. We want to provide the best that we can. You know, we want to, for example, our our Dublin hostel fill. It's the same build as a two star hotel, and uh, probably a little bit higher in cost. You know, right. every room, every room of air conditioning, every room is en suite, except for the very big dorms. You know, the double rooms are very nice double rooms. They're spec'd out to quite a high standard. There's event space, social space. There's canteen for people who are in a real budget or prefer to cook themselves. Yeah. There's a commercial kitchen. You know, it kind of has everything, but it's a high spec building. It, right. it isn't something that you're cutting corners on. You know, you, you know, how you insulate the walls and the floor is very important because you want people to have a good night's sleep where we're introducing sleeping pods, which is re- relatively new in the market. Uh, some companies have done it, but we've looked at what's out there and said, how can we make it twice as good? Right. But we want to we want to keep, you know, budget a pod bed. It's, it originates, I guess, from Japan. And it's it's all about, you know, some people say, look, dorms are great. They're cheap, but they're very noisy. And I actually stayed in one in my last trip to London as part of research. And it's as you do every trip. And yeah, it was pretty noisy. So you get four or five hours kip. But here, the, the pods we've designed, they're insulated. They, they have a, an air cooling system going through them. And but they're at a good price. They're not, they're not at a crazy price. So we, yeah. we don't forget what I guess want. And obviously cost is a factor. But it's trying to keep on upping the quality. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is the thing, isn't it, about the perception of uh, the old perception, I should say. It's definitely yeah. not the perception now around the, the the cost element of how much this is actually costing. Like if I go mm. back again to my Carlisle experience, uh, I have yeah. no idea what we paid, but I don't think it was a lot of money. And it also <laughs> it also felt like it was almost, well, if they're if they're not paying any money, then let's give them the worst experience possible. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. what it uh, you know the, the experience that you end up having, but it, the two shouldn't correlate at all. You know, people are still parting with their their hard earned cash. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, a fiver or you know five thousand pounds. There there's still a transaction that's taking place. There should be some service in that at least. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I, I think that's probably. If you step back from it all, going back to that example Phil I gave in the 80s, where there wasn't a hotel budget mm. sector, really. It's that kind of, I hate to say the word, but uh, I'll use a professionalization. I don't mean in how people run hostels, but it's more you're going to see some bigger brands or bigger groups come in. That's what I mean. Because, you know, uh, all the hostels out there are, are really good and run with such passion, but it's probably... It's just, I, I think, seven, ten years ago, most of our guests would have been backpackers. Now yeah. they're about the third biggest group of our segment of people. Right. You'd have so, solo travelers are the biggest by far, and you'd have couples or, or mates who go on a weekend. So that's kind of changed quite a lot. And I think wh- whether the industry likes it or not, you know, that wider group that, uh, of people want a certain standard. Um, yeah. And as you said, the kind of the one everything you know in, in a good way, the one the one the cheaper price, the good location, uh, the great staff, a bit of crack and good events, and somewhere that's reasonably comfortable to sleep, and facilities that are clean and functional. So, and I, I think it's it's exciting times, but the sector is moving quickly, and I think as more it moves, I think you'll have this as mentioned earlier, this new you know sector opening up with the ultra budget. Because yeah. I think Airbnb is being kind of, I find it harder to trade in certain cities. Say, you know, go back to my hometown of Dublin, there's now restrictions passed that will make Airbnb accommodation incredibly difficult because you need to be licensed now right. to rent out. So that's going to take a lot of short kind of short-term rental that was much cheaper than a hotel out of the market. Mm. And actually, I think that makes it much more important for hostels to kind of come in in that vacuum. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're you're ready, right? That's the thing. You you can, <laughs> you can fill that space yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, we, we just need a few quid, a few more quid behind us. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as I've already said, I'm investing. So there we are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how deep your pockets will take. Yeah, not that line. deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's great. I, I, really, really interesting. And obviously, you, you're clearly not sitting on your hands because you've got you know further properties being developed. And I mentioned including yeah. in Lisbon. Mm. Everyone I know seems <laughs> to be building something in Lisbon. What's going on in Lisbon? <laughs> um, I, 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 I think um, Lisbon as a city, I think up to seven, ten years ago, was kind of for some reason missed off the big kind of destination cities and it's a yeah. beautiful city it's anyone have been and one of my favorite places stunning. in the world yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's kind of slightly not to kane's wrong word but it, it's not squeaky crystal clean it has character in that sense in a very good right. way yeah and the people are lovely and it's very cheap jeez i, I remember being there and it was kind of struggling to spend money you know right. uh, like a, a coffee is a quid 20 i think it's the most expensive i didn't go to starbucks but the, but it's I, I, so I think that's that's one of the, the the reasons. Also, I think you've had a lot of people retire out there because I think it's I, I believe for pensions it's very tax efficient stuff like that. Right. Um. But I, I I just the bigger thing I just I think it's come on people's radar screen yeah. a lot more and more, more airlines are flying in and then Porto as well is a city that's kind of gone through huge growth and it, it bit like I think Lisbon's a bit like Dublin as in there's very few similarities except for the next point obviously it's. Uh, doesn't go out of the sunshine, etc. But the, <laughs> I'll give, <laughs> give it a hundred years, and it'll, you'll, yeah, 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 hundred years. Well, it could be underwater as well, but there. Um, the but it, it's like Dublin up to 10, 12 years ago wasn't seen as an international destination city for the big hotel groups. So I, I think that is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's only in the last 10, 12 years that right. it's always been an important city, but it hasn't been up there with you know. Paris and London are the top 10 in Europe and I think it's now made up there and I think Lisbon has gone there too mm. but I, I it's yeah I think it's Lisbon's just a great city and people for whatever reason I think they used to go to the Algarve a lot but not into the city yeah as, as much and then they realized wow it's a brilliant place yeah I, I, I um when in the early part of my career I worked on cruise ships and we were in and out of Lisbon all the time and mm. um uh, just one of the underrated cities that I've ever been to. I, I just yeah. always had a wonderful time there. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised that the, the world has cottoned on to it. Um, it feels like it's taken them forever to get there. But, oh, oh, it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's brutally slow. <laughs> yeah, which I suppose has been good for the times that we've been able to go there while it's not been overdeveloped. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody's um, everybody wants a piece of the, the popular pie. Yes, yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. But uh, I, I suppose there's lots of other great cities uh, out there as well. And I think uh, yeah. that, that that going back to that budget theme, Bill, like if, if you're kind of Paris, London, you know, for us, you can stay in London for 22, 25 quid a night. Now, it'll, it'll be, yeah, that's you incredible. know, a, a, do a dorm room, but it'll have an suite and we're, we're, we're kind of close to finishing a kind of refurbishment of a London hostel, which will take it from you know, first division or championship into the premiership, right? We, we would feel and have air, all the rooms of air conditioning, which is reasonably unique in hostels in London because a lot of buildings are old, the cost yep. of it, etc. And yep. so, but exactly, if, you know, 22, 25 quid a night and you get a breakfast for 253 pounds, continental breakfast, it's, there's, there's a huge amount and then you have all the social stuff that comes after it. So, um, yeah. And it's about us opening up cities to more people that, that can't afford. Yeah. So is that kind of the, the the plan, as it were? I mean, obviously, there's probably some nuance to that. But the yeah. is it to, you know, because you clearly you are onto something in terms of the product mm. that you offer. Mm. It works. Mm. People like mm. it. Um, is it now to go, right, OK, what what other cities need us? Yeah, yeah it's, um, I, it's uh, again, I, honest view, pre-COVID, it was kind of growing to 11 to 12 hostels and we have um, our five that are open and Dublin Lisbon would have brought us up to seven and then it was looking to go. I, I suppose with COVID, it's kind of everyone's had to pause a little bit. Uh, we, we've kept very busy with 
Dublin and London refurbishment, but it's we, we would like to take it further. Uh, absolutely, I think the kind of economics returns in normal times are extremely good, mm. and I, I think it's just we're probably pausing until kind of COVID continues to, to wind yeah. itself out a little bit more. But we we'd love to be able to grow and be in you know every capital cultural capital city in Europe. You know, yeah. and there's nothing to stop this from the US. US is a kind of huge market. Hustles is a, a dirty word over there. But <laughs> you have to say, oh, oh geez. Well, you kind of, yeah, it's just people think of the wrong thing, I think, is probably the polite way of putting it. Um, but the, the, you know, you have the whole motel kind of lifestyle and having stayed in kind of when I was in another job career, you know, good three-star hotel, but for soulless places. So yeah. it's kind of a huge opportunity there, then Asia. Uh, so this, this this is something that, you know, if the budget space is kind of 15, 20% of all hotels now, then the ultra budget space, there's no reason it can't be that size, which which makes it a phenomenal international market. So you have companies like Selena, do a really good job of growing a kind of European uh, America's brand. Mm. and trying to promote but i, I suppose with, with all things it, it, it takes a good few quid to to grow yeah. but the, the the you know but there's a lot of investment money i would love to get into the space yeah 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 including including yours yeah, yeah of course my my 25 pounds yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yeah <that'll>, <laughs> I, I, I can i can buy you a pillow for that so uh, excellent yeah. that's, that's yeah, fine yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> brilliant um yeah, no, I, I'm just, I find it very interesting because you you definitely don't, you know, you, as I said at the top of the show, you don't have the typical kind of route here. But yeah. actually, you know, you, you've learned a, a huge number of skills in many different sectors across your career to this point. And yeah. you know, I, I don't doubt for a second that that makes you a, a much better CEO for it because you've, you know, you've got all this, you know, a variety of experience coming your way. And it, it also pleases me because it's um, it's kind of proof again that you know you can you can come to this industry at any stage. You know it's not it's not just about the the normal career path of start at the bottom and work your way up. It's mm. um, you know if you've got a, 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 an itch to scratch uh, and you feel that hospitality can can do that, then then come on in at any at any kind mm. of level. And you're another yeah, shining yeah. example of that. Yeah, yeah. And look, and I think exactly it's, um, and if we go back to COVID, I think what's one of the headlines I saw recently was the, the what's it, the great resignation, they're calling it, where, you know, people sitting at home, people wondering about life and, and everything. And apparently, if you can believe the research, 40% of all employees will be looking to move in the next 12 months now, whether we're further lockdown and ease that that number reduces yeah um, but but I, I i i suppose the point i'm making is life's short you have to get in and do something you like and if it means jumping sector now I, i've done it four times i wouldn't necessarily recommend that number but yeah it's <laughs> but but the the skills you pick up you bring a different perspective and i think for us diversity is really important diversity and inclusion you know in who we hire and again that's part of the b corporation but but it's kind of having different views around the table, not from the industry, I think is massive. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I can bring a different perspective from a different sector. It may, it may be a lot of rubbish or it may actually be, be insightful. Um, and I, I found, yeah, those skills, I think you touched on, you pick them up I, I, as you go different sectors. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I like to think, you know, people often think, oh, well, I'm back to scratch if I move into another sector or global hospitality. But, you know, I don't know much about it. It's just people have a lot to offer from different sectors. I'd say more in some ways than the hospitality if you don't have that diversity in the management team. Yeah, so an absolutely bang on point um, as well. You know, how, how can you ever hope to, to change if you don't take some change yeah. of viewpoints? Um, and that doesn't have to come from within hospitality. It's not just about bringing somebody in from the sector, from a pre, you know, a different role within. I mean, you know, why why shouldn't we go out to yeah. to other sectors to get that that different? At the end of the day, we're all consumers of hospitality. Well, at, exactly. At, at any level, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, whether you're you're pay, paying five hundred quid for a three Michelin star experience in a, a restaurant or you know a, a 
three courses for 20 quid at your local pub yeah. or, or whatever yeah, yeah. you know they're they're all we all know what we like um, yes yeah, and yeah, yeah. um uh, so yeah bring that expertise of of your knowledge as a, as a consumer to to the table yeah 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 and it's just to be a little bit brave as well as i say like short and people aren't enjoying their industry or where they are it's, it's obviously to think carefully about it you don't want to be looking back in five ten years time saying geez i wish you did that and so, yeah. so i you know so i think that's important too yeah absolutely so um conscious of time i shall let you go yep. soon Good. but uh what would you you say to somebody who was considering a, a career within hospitality and and actually specifically within your yeah. sector within the sector yeah yeah um i yeah, i'd say hostels it's it's kind of uh, I, I I think a huge opportunity for people to to get in. You're you're kind of dealing with young people all the time, which makes kind of so it's kind of high energy. It's good fun. We, yeah. we don't take ourselves too seriously, and I think that that's very nice. And some businesses are a little bit too corporate. Um, I I think it's probably applies to all companies. Kind of obviously make make sure your company's trying to stand for something, albeit it could be at the start of the journey on it. But yeah, there's cracking opportunities, and the hustles are only going one way. So yeah. I, I think to be big kind of scope uh, over the years for people to develop careers to help grow hostels and and just travel and you know hang around very nice people. <laughs> so yeah. I I think I think there's big positives. It's it's a, it's a, it's a great sector, super sector. Fantastic. Where can I apply? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a coffee with you one day. That's yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. No, that's uh, that's great. I, I, I massively appreciate you making time to to come on the show and and tell us your story and also give us a hell of a lot more insight into into your world, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, I wish you all the very best with the uh, the, the next phase. It sounds like it's going yeah. to be very very exciting. Yes, yeah, no, uh, it is. And thank you so much, Phil, for having me. Look, a real pleasure. And thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Excellent. Okay, great. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Talk soon. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. And there we have it. What an excellent journey Mark has had, and I'm right behind Clink in their ethos of making a difference to the world and wish Mark and the team huge success in their pursuit of B Corp accreditation. We'll be back next Wednesday with more stories from hospitality, but until then, don't forget to like, review, and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.